0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. Do you like to do the same thing every day? George, the boy in our story, does. He likes routine and keeping things simple. Every day is the same, and George likes that. But one day, a new student arrives and she is the opposite of George. When George and Charlie start hanging out, things change a little for George. George and Charlie. George opened his eyes at precisely 6 a.m., got out of bed 10 seconds later had his bed made tightly 30 seconds after that, and by 6.01 was in the bathroom brushing his teeth. George loved routine, and it helped him stay happy. He felt it was necessary to achieve all that he wanted in an efficient amount of time. In fact, he knew down to the minute or the second if you asked, how long it would take him to finish public school, his undergrad degree, grad school, and his PhD. From the time George woke up in the morning until he went to bed at night, he had a set routine that he followed every day. He would wake up at the same time every morning eat basically the same breakfast, and get dressed in much the same way. In fact, his closet was full of clothes that were all the same color and style, pressed black hoodies and jeans. George thought deciding what to wear in the morning was a waste of time and felt those kinds of decisions were very frustrating. His parents loved his predictability, but would sometimes try to introduce subtle changes. They used to try and do crazy things, but George would protest. It became a funny game now. Could he notice the difference in his breakfast? George sat down at the kitchen table to have his morning oatmeal, boiled egg, and a cup of milk. He smiled. All the utensils were placed in the same place. The cup for his milk, the bowl for his oatmeal, and his egg were all placed as they would normally be. But his oatmeal was different. In his oatmeal was a subtle smiley face drawn with thin lines of brown sugar. I see it, Mummy," he said with a laugh. Maybe next time I will win our little game, his mother said, smiling. How was your sleep, little Georgie? It was sufficient, he replied. George was economical with his conversations. George liked to get to school before everyone else so that he could get a head start on the day. So at precisely 7 a.m., George and his mother were in the car driving to his school. They arrived at exactly 7.20. There had been 16 times this year that they arrived more than one minute late, which George tried not to let bother him. As usual, his mother insisted on multiple hugs before she would let him go, but this he didn't mind. Though he didn't entirely know why, hugs from his mother and father were one of his favorite things. George went straight to his classroom, sat in his seat, and set up everything he would need to learn. His pencils were put in one place, his erasers in another, and his notebook in front. As he sat ready, like every morning, one of his favorite friends in the whole wide world came in to talk to him. Good morning, George, Frank said. Did you sleep well last night? It was sufficient, George replied. Frank was one of the cleaning staff for the school and understood George better than anyone, except for his parents. George was always impressed with how much Frank knew about everything. Opening the book he always carried, Frank asked, Do you know what important event happened 200 years ago? George thought for precisely 15 seconds and replied, Could it be the Battle of Waterloo? George remembered reading this in a history book his father had on the shelf. That's a great answer, But I was thinking of something closer to home. I was just reading about the signing of the Treaty of Ghent on December 24, 1814, which officially ended the War of 1812 between the United States and Great Britain. George wrote that down. George liked taking notes and sometimes liked to draw pictures, even though he knew his pictures weren't beautiful. Do you still like pizza? I remember you told me before that you like pizza, Frank asked. I love pizza, but only from Rosso's Pizza Shop near my house. They will put the exact amount of pineapple I like on my pizza, and the owner is nice, George replied. Good, because I have a math question for you, Frank said. Let's pretend Rosso's Pizza Parlor sells slices of pizza for $1.25 each. If you buy 10 slices, the 10th slice is half price. How much would it cost to buy 10 slices of pizza? $13.66, George quickly replied. Are you sure? Frank said with a smile. Yes, we always give Rosso a 15% tip. The original answer was $11.875, but we have to round up for his cash register. And then, when you add the tip, that is the final amount. Frank laughed. Well, I hear your teacher coming, so I will leave you and get back to work. I have some new books in my office if you want to drop by and read them. Have a nice day, George, Frank said as he walked out the door. Have a nice day, Frank, George replied. The morning continued as it always did. The teacher said good morning, his friends said good morning, and they had their usual classes. But at precisely 30 minutes before lunchtime, something out of the ordinary happened that broke what was a perfect day. Principal McPhee walked in with someone new, someone very different. Good morning, everyone, Principal McPhee said. This is Charlie, and she is a new student who just moved here this week. Please make her feel welcome. Charlie gave a big wave and then walked by George to sit in the empty seat beside him. George couldn't believe just how different she looked. She wore brightly colored jeans with different patches of fabric all over them. Her sneakers were worn out and had holes in them. And she wore a pair of mismatched socks, one with stripes and the other with polka dots. She wore a long beaded necklace made with a mix of colors and shapes, with beads of different sizes and textures. Her hair was messy And to George's amazement, was two different colors of blue. If someone looked the opposite of George, it was Charlie. For the next 28 minutes, George tried to focus on the problems the teacher had given them to solve. But the new girl, Charlie, kept singing under her breath, distracting George. When the bell rang announcing lunch break, everyone jumped out of their seats except for George, who liked to be orderly and walk slowly. As soon as Charlie got out of her seat, she accidentally hit her can of colored pencils, causing them to spill all over the floor. Then she spilled all her papers out of her binder, and she laughed about it. No one went to help her, so George walked back and picked up all her pencils, putting them back into her can in order, depending on their color values. That's how George liked to arrange his pencils. "'Thank you very much,' Charlie said. "'My name is Charlie. I guess you know that I am new to the school. "'My family and I just moved here from away, and I am really excited to be your friend.' Did you put all my pencils back into my case by color? Can I have lunch with you? What is your name? Yes, my name is George, he said as they walked together towards the lunchroom. Sitting at the table together, George placed his utensils where he usually liked to have them, all lined up so that it looked neat. But before he could eat, Charlie started talking to him. You don't talk much, do you? Charlie asked. That's okay. I can talk enough for both of us. I made my own sandwich for lunch today. I even made the bread myself, but with my mother's help. It's got sweet potato, hummus, avocado, pickled cucumber, and sprouts inside. Oh yeah, I put some strawberry jam in it for fun. I love strawberry jam. Do you like art, George? She asked. Yes, George replied, upset that he had talked with his mouth full. I love art. In fact, it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. See this necklace I am wearing? I made it myself. Same with my jeans. But I don't want to be a fashion designer when I grow up. I want to be a painter and live in a small studio apartment in some big city and stay up all night painting crazy things while listening to jazz music coming from the stereo. Or better yet, coming from a jazz club down below. Wouldn't that be super fantastic, George? What do you want to be when you grow up? I am going to solve the world's problems through math, George replied. Bring order to the chaos, huh? Charlie replied. There is math in art, you know. Of course, you know, even though you don't talk much, I bet you are super smart. Anyway, my mother is a famous artist, and she told me that many of the fundamental principles of art, such as symmetry, proportion, and perspective, are rooted in mathematical concepts. George's eyes widened, and he took out his notebook and wrote some notes. Do you think it will take a long time to solve the world's problems through math? Charlie asked. You are in elementary school, so I guess you have time. It will take about 12 years from now for me to finish my PhD, or 4,383 days to be exact, George replied. Just then, the bell rang, signaling that lunch was over and it was time to return to class. Over the next month, George had a new routine. Every day at lunchtime, he would sit with Charlie listening to her talk and talk and talk. He would often take out his notebook to write things down because he found that she often had very smart things to say. Despite being different in many ways, they became great friends. Though George still didn't talk much, they both learned a lot about their respective interests. Charlie would talk about a book she read of her mother's that explained the golden ratio and how it was a mathematical ratio that has been used in art and architecture for centuries. George talked very, very briefly about fractals and how they are a fun way to explore math and create artwork. Charlie would try to encourage George to loosen up and add some color in his life. George would mostly refuse, except he did agree to wear a wristband she made for him because it made her happy. Exactly 31 days after Charlie transferred to his school and they became friends, George started his day like any other. He still wore the same clothes, ate the same breakfast, and played the same game with his mother. When he arrived at school, he would have his conversations with Frank, who, knowing that he was friends with Charlie, would read George all kinds of facts about art and creativity, so that he would have something new to share with Charlie. This day was different. Charlie didn't come to school. The next day, Charlie didn't come to school either. And when she didn't arrive again the next day, George raised his hand and asked the teacher where Charlie had gone. The teacher said that Charlie had caught a bad flu and had to stay home to rest. But she wasn't sure when she would return to school. Maybe next week, the teacher said. George didn't like uncertainty and missed his lunchtime routine with Charlie. That night, while eating pizza from Rosso's, George's mother noticed that he wasn't his usual self. What's wrong, George? These past couple of days, you don't seem to be as energized as you usually are. Is everything going okay at school? No, Everything isn't going okay at school, he replied. Charlie is homesick. Oh, I am sure she will. Knowing that George didn't like uncertainty, she said, Why don't I call Charlie's mom and ask how she is doing? After getting off the phone, George's mother said, Charlie's mother says she is feeling much better but is very sad. It seems she misses having chats with her best friend at school. I have an idea, George, but it will change your nighttime routine. Charlie's mom said that a visit from her best friend would probably cheer her up and make her feel better. George was quiet for 12 seconds which often seemed like a long time for many people, except his parents, Frank and Charlie. Okay, but I want to do something else to make her feel better. Like what? George's mother asked. She is always trying to convince me to add some color to my life, to change things. I want to color some of my hair blue, just like hers. George's father just about fell out of his chair. George had had the same haircut since he was three years old, cut by the same barber, Mr. Wilson. He did not like to make decisions about his hair, so he just kept it the same all the time. "'Are you sure, Georgie?' his mother asked. "'Yes.' George and his mother arrived at Charlie's house a short time later. They walked in the door, and Charlie came out of her room, looking not quite as bright as she usually did. Even so, she was still wearing colorful gym pants, a bright orange sweatshirt, and the same messy blue hair. George has come for a visit, Charlie's mom said. Charlie took one look at George's hair and its blue stripe, and her face lit up with a huge smile. Surprising George, she ran over and gave him a great big hug. Thank you, George. I feel better already. George replied simply, I am happy you are feeling better. And that is the end of our story. Good night. Sleep tight.